0: Went to when they after they came out of Egypt and went to Mount Sinai to meet God, and you know, we looked at all kinds of aspects of that. Um, we looked at the voice or the sound that they heard. Some heard thunder. Some heard a voice. Uh, we looked back even to the Garden of Eden. You see the same, some of these same words used where they heard a sound of the Lord God coming um, after they had eaten from the tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. Um, so we looked at, the, you know, we looked at that word there. And we also looked at... uh Those that heard thunder experienced fear in a way that made them tremble with terror. Um, We looked at also how that made them stand far off and not go up on the mountain. We also looked at. Now, some can hear the voice and believe, and they experience a different type, the a different side of that fear, respect, and even worship, okay? And that caused them to draw near and trust, amen? Um... How do you hear God. Today. Yeah I'd submit that. That that can change based on your stance your relationship. With God. Not necessarily that you. Are totally. Kicked out. Of the family. But. we all know, even as Christians, when we get caught up in sin, many times when you're caught up in something you know you shouldn't be caught up in, and you come to church, and you hear the voice, it makes you stand far off, and does it not? And it, it's almost unbearable. And even though the words that are coming out of the preacher's mouth may not even have anything to do with your sin, all you can hear are words that pertain totally to your sin. Is that not true? It's really strange, isn't it? Um, we're not going to talk about sin much this morning, but, um, like I say, um, how you hear God is based on your relationship to Him. You you can you. Those, you know, when you stand back. Uh, to me, it's like. I'll make my own way. I'll make my own way. That's dangerous, because there's only one way. Um. And in that way that you know that, that you make. You think it's your own way? It's no new way. It's it's the way from old, the way of the old nature. You know, there's no such thing as partial obedience to the law. You're not. It's not weighed out where you got 51% obedience and you're going to make it. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose that way, it's 100%. Okay. Um, And wrapped up in that, we'll kind of, maybe I can, we'll talk about it some this morning, but wrapped up in that type of way is pride. Because it's based on what I do and not on what the one who died for me did. It's all based on me, me, me. And when pride is in the room, there's no room for anybody else. Not God either. And, and in fact, we know that God resists the proud. But it's very tempting to fall into the pride. Many Christians fall into pride. I fall into pride all the time. You catch yourself. If you're talking and, you, and, and most of the words come out of your mouth are I beware right um hopefully i don't say a lot of those eyes today okay (laughs) anyway i'll try i I will try um (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 there you go um When you draw near, one who draws near, like I say we you know we have that respect, worship of God uh, and it's, it's through faith and belief we're going to look a lot of that on that today. Uh, trust, you trust God then and, and you're accredited righteousness as a result um, and the the stance on that is not pride at all. It's humble. It's, I can do nothing, but it's only God. And you give all glory to God. And as a result, you obey God. Obedience is the last thing on that. It leads you to that. And you obey because you want to. He changes your desire. Um, the other way, you try to put obedience up at the front, and you try to get to God that way. We saw what happened with the Pharisees. We saw how uh, Jesus spoke to them, right? Anyway, so let's 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 go on and look look. Uh, We'll look at a, at the scripture, start off with the scripture I, I looked at last week, Jeremiah 7, 22. God says here, for I did not speak to your fathers, he's talking about, you know, when they came out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices but this is what I commanded them saying obey my voice and I'll be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I've commanded you that it may be well with you yet they did not obey or incline their ear but followed the counsels and dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. God brought them out. If you, if you recall, all the all the steps uh, up to Sinai, it was all grace. It was all very gracious. He was giving them food and water, you know, all the provision. He was, and he all he was saying was, "Listen to my voice." There was no unbearable commands. Just listen to my voice. Hear me. And they, they, we, we know that whenever the time came, the crucial time, they stood far off. They stayed back. How frustrating is that, especially you, you, you as parents? Um, especially, you know, when your kids get older, you know, you're really for them. You're, they're your blood. They're your flesh and blood. You want the best for them. You you don't you don't, you don't start off thinking I'm gonna make their life total misery, and I hope they fail. That's not your goal at all. But somehow, the relations, you know. When you live with somebody for a long time, you know, I don't need to say much more about that. But, um you know, it gets kind of, you know, conflicting, right? And somehow in your teenager's mind, you're totally against them. And uh the hardest thing to see is when they stand far off. They don't want. They don't want anything you got to give them. Is it not? Um, hopefully, uh, if you you have kids that, and hopefully that never happens to you. Um, so let's let's keep going here. Um, Genesis twenty two, fifteen. Now here. Um, Abraham is, was, he was about to offer, he was offering, he wasn't about to, he was going to, he was in the process of offering Isaac up as a sacrifice. And the angel, the Lord had stopped him, you know, and provided a sacrifice for him. And uh, here, verse 15, <clears throat> the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, And said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Okay, I'm gonna, this is the New King James version. I'm going to look at this. I'll show you in another version the same passage. And you'll see I have I have some things highlighted. This is the Lexham Lexham English Bible. Verse, well, i start in verse 17 here. That I will certainly bless you and greatly multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is by the shore of the sea. Generally, we focus on that part of this promise. Because we're so prone to focus on the physical Israel focused on that part of the promise, although that's a, that's the good part, a good too, but here's the better part. and your offspring will take possession of the gate of his enemy. if you look at those words I have highlighted there, they are singular in form. I don't. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, right here. You know, and some a lot, a lot of times they sell offspring. They'll say your seed, and we know that Paul refers to that seed as Christ. And notice that Abraham's seed will take possession of the gate of his enemies. That's an awesome promise. That's the one that we've been all that everybody was looking for, and that's the one we can look back on. Verse 18, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through your offspring, through your seed, through Christ. Because you have listened to my voice. Pretty amazing, isn't it? He he heard what God said. he, He believed it. And as a result, he obeyed. You can trace that seed all the way back, right, to the garden. So that was the first promise: the seed of the woman will bruise the serpent's head. We see that continued right here. The gospel. You know, we can look back on these all these scriptures because they're written down for us. A lot of times, in you know, my mind, I know I fail to realize none of these were written down for them. It's not like something, Moses was standing there waiting for Abraham so he could write down what he's about to do. It's not like Abraham read it. He heard the voice of God. And he just believed it. Okay. So let's let's go um, we'll go back to one part of the Exodus nineteen. Verse eight says You know, Moses had gone up the mountain and, and God told him, you know, what he was going to do, and um, God was being gracious to these people. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. You may not see any significance to that. I see a lot of significance. They were making this about works. God's God is making it. He's 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 being very gracious. And, and to me here, they're saying, "We're going to make our own way." Paul says in Romans um, nine thirty, "What shall we say then that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness?" Even the righteousness of faith. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness. has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were. By the works of the law. For they stumbled. At the stumbling stone. As is written. Behold I lay in Zion a stumbling stone. And a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him. Will not be put to shame. One of these commentaries, it says, with respect to arriving at the righteousness and salvation, therefore, believing and doing, faith and works are distinct. Paul does not contemplate, nor could he conceive of, a doing the law by faith, which some imagine to find The word of promise demands that God alone do and that the human being only believe God. Who promises and fulfills. He's faithful to what he says. Even when we're faithless. So let's look over in the New Testament. See if this carries on. John chapter 6. Verse 28. And they said to Jesus. What shall we do. That we may work. The works of God. What would your answer be. The rich young ruler comes and approaches him and says. Lord what must I do to inherit eternal life. Notice what must I do. I've kept all the commands. And remember, Jesus says, "Do you like one thing? Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor, and then, then come follow me." If you're trying to approach God by what you do, you know what? There's always one more thing, because no man. Is justified in the sight of God by obedience to the law. But we always trip over that. But why did he bring, why did he give us the law then? Because they sought to make their own way. The law shows you your sin. That's what, that's what Paul says. The law is like a mirror. The mirror can show you everything flawed about you, but you can do nothing to fix it. The law is good. I'm not saying the law is not good. In fact. When you have proper faith. And you obey. Everything you do. Will be in accordance to the law. You will keep it. But it's the end game. It's not the way you're trying to approach God. Okay. Totally different. So what must we do. To. Work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. But surely I can. Okay, I believe in him, but I've got to do something else. It's Jesus plus. No. It's all Christ. Christ. If you could do it any other way he wouldn't have had to send him. So you notice that that we're gonna you know, it's kind of changing a little bit and I I'll 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 pick on that a little uh, a minute on what I'm fo- uh I'll bring it up here in a minute, sorry. Uh Matthew seven twenty four says Therefore, whoever, Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Let's look here um, back to this Exodus 19, 9. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. Okay. So the reason God was coming in this thick cloud was so that the people could hear God speaking to Moses and so that they would believe him. Now, in this, to me, God is setting up a type, a type of Christ, a mediator. Um, he's placing Moses in this place because he knows the people will not listen to him. So Moses is going to be a mediator. Now, you know, I looked at this, a little bit of this, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the language of faith or belief in the New Testament, uh, faith in the New Testament is pistis. Belief is pistuo. You can see the, sem- the similarity, the different forms, right? Um, but they're, they're from the same root. The root is belief, pistuo. Um, it's it's the central and imp- it's the central importance of the New Testament, is it not? Belief. Um, but it doesn't hold a position of similar importance in the Old Testament. Although it's there, it's not as, imp- it's not recognized as much as some other f- uh, words. Uh, the difference, um, however, is perhaps more one of terminology than a basic outlook. The Old Testament widely uses two verbs meaning closely, appro- uh, approximate to the same thing as as having faith and believing, and uh, one of those is trust, and the other is fear. Right? You see that a lot in the Old Testament, the fear of the Lord. You don't see it a lot in the New Testament, do you? It changes a little bit the the way they, not not that it's. It's just the terminology the Terminology has changed. Um, so it's used a lot in the Old Testament. Um, in the sense of moral obedience rather than religious awe. Um, the Old Testament does have language of belief and faith. And we know... That Abraham believed God, right, and is credited to him as righteousness. Um, and we see it right here. Um, it's the uh, it. This word we have here. It's the root. It, it's a root of. Well, this word right here is aman. It's the root of Aleph Mem Nun, um, and there's different forms. In this, in this, this form here, Amon, it it's basically means to cause to be certain, sure, to be certain about. Okay, there's no because we we that believe word. We've kind of it's kind of changed in our age. Uh, it's to the well. I believe it's going to happen. It's kind of a maybe kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, uh, we, our language has kind of changed it from the certainty that it surely is. It's sure. Um, Abraham had that, and and so he's trying to he's trying to make Moses in this position. But it's is it about Moses? OK, is this verse here all about Moses? So we'll look at that a little more. Um, so in this form. To believe. And, you know, it shows biblical faith and assurance, a certainty, like I said, in contrast to what we Made it like a possibility. Something maybe possible. Um, the most familiar form of this word. aman Does it sound anything like you maybe have ever heard? Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's used, used some in the Old Testament. And Jesus says it in the New Testament. Amen, amen, I say to you, truly, truly. Uh, let it be, may it, may it come so. Um, with respect to arriving at righteousness and salvation, therefore, believing and doing, like I said, faith and works are distinct. Um, So let's look at let's look at this verse here um, deuteronomy five five we 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 talked about this uh last time um, all the things the order of things when they when they uh were to go up on the mountain, you know they were to consecrate them thing, themselves on the first couple of days, and then the third day there was going to be a loud uh blast of a horn. Trump uh, and they were supposed to go up on the mountain um, and they didn't uh, here in Deuteronomy 5 5 Moses kind of gives a, uh, a Commentary on what happened there. He says I stood between the Lord and you at that time To declare to you the word of the Lord for you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up the mountain Now they were afraid and we we talked about that i'm going to reiterate that that fear there uh y'all ray the aspects of this fear include terror respect is in the middle and worship it can it it, it can it has that whole range based on your stance uh terror and worship are in some sense polar opposites. The former, terror, is characteristic of complete anxiety, while the latter suggests trust. The aspect of respect, however, can be either a weakened form, a sense of fear or worship. Okay? Right in the middle. Therefore, the concept of terror can be weakened to express respect, which can which can once again be intensified to express worship. Only the context can of the particular sense of each can term uh, occurrence can be determined. So, I thought that was really good um, description of, of fear, and it really you know, uh, solidifies and shows the difference of it. Um, Let's go a little further here. Deuteronomy 29, verse 4 says, Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear to this very day. Very sad. This is toward the end end of Deuteronomy. They've had 40 years of this. Notice the Lord has not given them. The heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear. We know Isaiah 6 9 says, Go and tell his people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. How am I supposed to hear if he's not going to give me... The ability to do so. Is it because he's just mean? It's because he's just. If you don't want anything to do with him, he'll let you have your way. Pretty scary. He'll make you where you can't even hear him. Or see him or understand. See if they have the same problem with Jesus. John eight forty three says, Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear my word. Some things never change, do they? My sheep hear my voice. I call them by name. And they come to me. I think that's me, especially when you read through John, some of the saddest thing you can read is when the people who had the scripture memorized could not hear the words of God. Deuteronomy 18:15 Moses says the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst from your brethren Him you shall hear according to all you desire of the Lord Your God in Horeb in the day Of the assembly saying. Let me not hear again. The voice of the Lord God. My God. Nor let me see this great fire anymore. Lest I die. So you see here the sadness. Of them not wanting to hear. But you see a promise. Of one God will raise up. That they can hear. Now I said just a minute ago how sad it was. How the ones who knew the scripture so well. Could not hear him. I wonder if they ever read this verse. Romans 10.17 says so then faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Faith uh, in the Greek, uh, pistis. Firm persuasion, the conviction which is based upon hearing, not upon sight or knowledge. A firm, relying confidence in what we hear from God is His Word. But so many of us, what's well, in our nature, we're drawn to what we see and knowledge. If I just, if I could just get a little smarter, if I could just eat from that tree, I'd be all right, right? always demanding a sign 40 years of signs and it didn't help them a bit let's look a little more at John at what what John's written down for what he recorded for us about Christ. Uh, Jesus says here five, in John five thirty seven, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Sounds the same as what they were hearing out in out in the wilderness. Yeah, I was looking at that uh, uh, the first a couple of weeks ago. We looked at that word here in the uh, the Hebrew Shema. and it can mean hear, listen, obey. It has that whole. Range uh, here in the New Testament. Uh, to, that word for here uh, uh, it's akuo to obey is hubakuo, same root, right? Uh, so it has the same uh, meaning, you know, uh, v- a variety of meaning um, with and to believe in faith. We looked at it earlier pistuo, pistis, same root. Um so let's go on here I I just love the I love the book of John um, we'll look here for a little farther verse 39 of of chapter 5 you search Jesus talking to the the Pharisees teachers of the law you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. You know, I don't I don't know of any way I could say it, but, you know, if I said, hey, you go, you know, if I write down these instructions for you and I tell you if you'll go to Odessa and I'll tell you where to go and what it's going to look like and for you to find this, what I'm telling you to try to find. I give all these descriptions and you memorize it and you test everybody on it and they test you and you go you bring something else what happened Not only would they not come to him they were they they weren't willing to they were totally against him. How crazy is that? It's so easy to look back and and judge them, isn't it? How many times do we not see? What we should see. How many times do we miss. What God has for us. John 5.45. Do not think that I come to accuse you. That, or don't, do not think that I, I shall accuse you to the father. There is one who cu- accuses you. Moses. In whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Remember, he was making Moses. You know, God was setting him up to where they would hear him and what? Believe. They they trust totally in Moses. They even say it he's like, Moses, all that he, and we'll read this in a minute, but he's talking about me. If you believed him, you'd believe me. He wrote all about me. Did Moses write about Christ? Just one place. It's really, it's veiled in a lot of places. It's all through there. You remember on the road to Emmaus? When Jesus, you know, they're like, they're like telling him, where have you, you know, Jesus is walking with them. They have no idea it's him. And they're telling him of all this, what's gone on, and they're like, "Where have you have you been under a rock? Have you not? Do you don't know what has happened?" And he's like, "What? All these things?" And he's like, "What things?" You he listens to them, but then he opens up the Scripture and shows them all that was written in Moses and the prophets about the Christ. I think it probably took a long time for him to do that. And you know their hearts were burning inside after that. And they believed. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Did the people of old in the old testament, did they have did they have the gospel, the good news proclaimed to them so that they could believe and have faith in it? I want you to think about that. Did they have that? A lot of times when we think of Old Testament we just think of old covenant and we only think of the law. Let's see what some of the New Testament writers wrote. Look here at Jude. Now I desire to remind you, even though you have been fully informed of these facts once for all, that Jesus having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, later destroyed those who did not believe. Jesus. Jesus. This has always been a stunning verse, passage here for me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Paul says, for I did not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were all drinking from the same spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. New Testament writers are pointing back and showing you everywhere Christ is in the Old Testament. The rock of our salvation. I thought it was interesting how he said they're the rock that followed them. Is it a physical rock? Yeah, there was a physical rock that water came out from. There's a spiritual being there. 1 Corinthians ten nine on further there, he says, And let us not put Christ to the test as some of them did. And were destroyed by snakes. Same people. Hebrews 3 says, verse 16, For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, Was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with with those who sinned whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. They heard the gospel, same gospel. There's one to come. Is going to take the gates of the enemies. And in him, all the nations will be blessed. Are you blessed by what he did? One who doesn't live by faith never rests from his works. Because there's always something else to do, right? I love the songs you had this morning, Michael. One who lives by faith is no longer a slave to fear. Because he is a child of God. He has faith in the one who has taken possession of the gate of his enemies. He split the sea so we could walk right through the waters of death. Same waters the Israelites walked through. They were baptized into Moses, but they came out of the waters alive. Same waters drown the Egyptians. God is a God of mercy, He's also a God of justice. I want to allude to similarities of the Israelites coming through out of Egypt. And Jesus, you know, it says somewhere in Exodus 4, I believe, that God wants to bring his son Israel out of Egypt. And we recall another another one of the prophets said, out of Egypt, I called my son. Is it just Israel? Didn't he call somebody else out of Egypt? Israel was baptized into Moses as they passed through the sea, Christ was baptized, was he? And after Israel was baptized in the sea and they came out, they were led into the wilderness. Christ after he was baptized, was led into the wilderness. Both were tested in the wilderness. We know that Israel failed. Christ prevailed. They were both tested with food. You know, Christ was tested in every way that we're tested. They would not hear the voice, Israel would not hear the voice. Jesus said, whatever the Father says, I speak to you. I only do what my Father says. They would not go up on the mountain. Jesus often went up on the mountain to pray. When they came to the mountain, all they heard was an unbearable voice. When Christ came, took his disciples up on a mountain. Amen. And they went with him. Amen. And he came. And he spoke in a voice that they could bear. He spoke the, the, of beatitude. God is always great. He's so gracious. All we have to do is believe and trust what an awesome God we serve. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for speaking to us always. And thank you, Father, for giving us the ears to hear. Thank you for making us your sheep. You're such a good shepherd. Thank you for making it, Lord, where we're no longer slave to the fear. And, Lord, how we love and worship you. And we pray that you you will use us to be the mouthpiece, Father, that you could speak through to the rest of your sheep in the bearable voice. Thank you, Father, for all your love for us in Christ Jesus. Amen.